Welcome to Siblinghood of Recovery. My name is Angie Reno, and I'm a mom in recovery. When my son developed a substance use disorder, I quickly realized the best thing I could do was to heal myself. I hope to bring you voices, experience, knowledge, and most of all, hope in this podcast, because the one thing I have learned is so many of us walk this journey. I hope you'll stay. I hope you'll listen. Hello, recovery community. How are you? Well, we're still a little bit away from the Hanukkah season, the Christmas season, and New Year's Eve. So we're marching closer. And I've got one more podcast uh, before we close out the year. Honestly, I'm going to go to the Dallas Cowboys Jacksonville Jaguars game next Sunday. So there's going to be no podcast um, for that. I might hop on right around Christmas. Actually, I know I will because there's a lot going on in my life, just like there is with everybody. And for that preparation, because it's always good to prepare, even if you're preparing to emotionally regulate yourself based on the people that you're planning on seeing, and some of those people might be exciting to think about seeing. Some of those people might bring you trepidation. Isn't that a great word? I love that word, trepidation. And other people might bring you a sense of neutrality. And the irony is maybe the neutral ones stir up some dysregulation, right? Isn't that always interesting? I know, it's funny. But yeah, so if you're in a family with substance use disorders, and so many of us are, over 20 million. I can put that in the show notes. One of the hardest parts, I think, is loving the person while you are in the presence of the addict. So I want to put this in three segments. And the first segment is going to be the research. And the reason I'm putting the research first is because I need to honor, as I go through this, the person with the addiction. There are two people I'm going to cite. The first one is Dr. Anna Lemke. Dr. Lemke is the author of Dopamine Nation. I spoke on Dr. Lemke's research last season. She's a psychiatrist and an author and she explores scientific discoveries specific to the relentless pursuit of pleasure when that pursuit of pleasure leads to pain. And in her research and on her website and in her book, Dr. Lemke goes into the complex neuroscience of that pursuit. But what she does is presents it in easy to understand metaphors, stories, and content. So we know that the drug use alters brain circuitry, and that impacts self-regulation, and it impacts the reward process system, if you will. I'm not going to go into all of that because there's plenty of information on Dr. Lemke's site And there's a fabulous podcast on HubermanLab.com. I'll put a link into the show notes for that podcast. 
that goes into the very detail of what the addict is going through. And if you are in an active situation, if you are a parent that is struggling with your child's SUDs, I would strongly recommend listening to the podcast. The other person that I wanted to speak to is a researcher by the name of Nora Volkow. She is a psychiatrist and she is one of the pioneers in the use of brain imaging to investigate how substance use affects brain functions. And I know many of the parents that I've been talking to throughout the last couple of years have mentioned or have had their child's brain scanned. So this is an option if you are able to A, afford it, or B, file it with your insurance provider. And man, if you have that covered, hats off to that insurance provider and hats off to the company that supports that coverage. It's a whole nother discussion, but I think we're slowly advancing forward on the coverage of insurance with the treatment of SUDs. One of the articles that I will cite from Nora Volkow's research is on the New England Journal of Medicine site, and that's nejm.org. And she has a perspective write-up. The title is Stigma and the Toll of Addiction. And the reason this stood out for me personally, well, one, I've, I've read a lot of her research and her content. She says, people who are addicted to drugs sometimes lie or steal and can behave aggressively, especially when experiencing withdrawal or intoxication-triggered paranoia. These behaviors are transgressions of social norms that make it hard even for their loved ones to show them compassion. So it is easy to see why strangers or healthcare workers may be rejecting or unsympathetic, end quote. If we, as I guess a culture or a group of humans, really dig into that sentence, it feels isolating. It feels lonely. It feels hard, right? And We've been in situations where we've either experienced or we've heard of addict stealing to cover that substance use. And then we know that that transgression, that breaking of trust starts impacting the ability, not only for compassion, but for love. And we also know that with each transgression, It becomes harder and harder to carry that love through, to have that love become an undercurrent of the relationship, that soft undercurrent that you know it's there. It's not harmful. It's not the current that pulls you out to sea. It's the current that just almost kisses your feet when you're standing in the water on a beautiful summer day, right? What happens is as we approach the holidays, Our senses are heightened and our worry is heightened and we're thinking, oh no, what's going to happen? And that is fear. And boy, does fear bring in so many challenges. But I want you to do something with me right now. I want you at this very moment, imagine what your fear is for the upcoming holidays. Imagine it. 
don't go too far down that road and instead start paying attention to your body. Is your heart rate increasing? Do you feel more alert? Are you sitting up straighter? Are you looking around more? That feeling, whatever it is, is part of being afraid. And the biggest challenge that you can have is understanding what that feels like. That's called the ability to start learning how to self-regulate. You feel yourself becoming activated. Understand what that is and start knowing your body. You will, I, I won't say you might be, but it's like 99.9% sure that you will become activated over something this holiday season. And guess what? That means you're human and that's okay. Understanding how you feel and understanding what goes on inside your body, that's a step forward. That's a step forward in the process of understanding and getting to know yourself better. All right, that you can practice on your own because I'd like to go back to the research. The article goes on to talk about how drug use alters the brain. And it specifically states that alteration impacts the ability to self-regulate. So as we're learning how to self-regulate right now, albeit at a very, very high level, the drug use in a person, they don't have that ability to touch into what's happening to their body because of the drugs, the substances, and the mitigation, really, of feelings. And that's one of the reasons why people take drugs. They want to diminish the excruciating distress that they have within their life. This does go into anxiety, depression, whatever feelings that are uncomfortable. They often lead to self-medication. The article goes into as well other studies. And one of the studies that Dr. Volko cites entitled Improving Translation of Animal Models of Addiction and Relapse by Reverse Translation. That's a very scientific title. I'll put a link in the show notes and I challenge somebody to read it. But the article goes into how given a choice between self-administering a drug or interacting with other animals as rats were used in the study, and these are rats that are heroin dependent, the rats chose the social interaction. And here is where it gets a little bit interesting, but to me, it's common sense. When the rats were punished for the social choice, they went back to the drug. What the researchers are stating is that the stigma of going into a social situation that is painful, i.e. maybe that addict is returning home, there's a lot of judgment, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of frustration, yelling, screaming, maybe similar to an electric shock. But the first part of that study, it's incredibly important that the rats would choose that social interaction over the drug. I'll let it rest with you. But for me, what I heard is that if the social situation can be at least neutral, maybe that person, just like the the rat in this research study, would choose the social interaction over the drug. Further into the article, the researchers go into proposing a reverse translational approach. And that means contingency management and a community reinforcement approach. So what they are saying is you would build in a social situation 
that is saved for the addict. So let me ask you one question. If you know a person, a loved one who has SUDs is coming home safe. The second phase that I want to talk about in this podcast, self-work. I'm huge on self-work because as the person with the addiction is going through whatever they go through, what are we doing to adjust our reaction and adjust our self-regulation to the challenge that we see around us? A significant thing that we can review within our own selves and in our family structure is expectation. I know I mentioned the bell curve a while back, and I'm still amazed at how many discussions I have with parents around me that are realizing, you know, the perfectionism that is expected. It's just insane. Not every kid is going to have an A plus grade in every single class. Where have we lost the ability to walk into a situation, especially when it involves educating young people, and say, you know, it's okay to fail. It's okay to make a C. It's okay to make a B minus. Where did we get the expectation that our children should be the best of the best of the best? Instead, how about prioritizing authentic relationships? I subscribe to the Newport Institute's health letter and a recent article entitled Creating Authentic Relationships and Connections truly sums up so much of what we can do right for our children. Which brings me to phase three, and it's also about your authentic relationship with yourself and your ability to form an authentic relationship with your child. And what I learned through this whole process of recovery is I didn't have the ability to form an authentic relationship with my child during the chaos because I did not and I had not addressed some of the traumas that had happened to me in my childhood, some of the disconnects. And once I started to dig in, and I have to thank the recovery community for helping me get this kickstarted, because let me tell you, I had been to therapists before, and they were great up to a point. But the irony is, I dug deeper to help my child. And I don't know if a lot of parents go through this or are going through this, but maybe when you see that your child is hurting, taking a look at yourself to see if you cause that pain, maybe that is the impetus to dig even further and find out if we have the ability to participate in the healing process if we aren't really healed. Going to this article, which I'll provide a link to, there are three steps to building authentic relationships. And the first one is to stay in the present. And it is practicing mindfulness and being aware of your emotional state, which we talked about. Know when your body is reacting to a situation by feeling your pulse, your heart rate, feeling your body signals, get to know what they are. And the second one is processing your own personal story. And that's going back in time, looking at what could have been a disconnect in your life that is hindering current connections. And the third is creating a secure attachment with someone who is emotionally available and responsive. 
And this is, is hardest to do if you are in a dysfunctional family situation. And a lot of times when there is substance disorders, the family is unstable. The safest place to start building authentic connections is with your therapist. And the article goes into this. So I hope you will read through. It's a great overview. And I've only discussed probably 10% of the article. And if you're walking into a situation in the upcoming holiday season and you know it's going to be hard, these are great tools to help you prepare for what could be a sticky situation. I'm going to leave you with something that I learned tonight on a parent group meeting from somebody I admire incredibly. She's a fellow parent. I've known her for several years and uh, she also attends other groups. We, it's not the only group that either she or I attend. And she said, I have to remind myself that I don't have to attend every party that I'm invited to. Basically, you don't have to attend every argument or every situation or every triggering moment that you're invited to. Instead, you can understand how you're feeling. You can check in with yourself at an emotional level and give yourself some grace before you react. Even though somebody might be coming at us with old and proven techniques of getting us riled up, Maybe we can develop the ability to step back and not attend the argument. Honor the addict, know what they're going through, understand that they're up against quite a bit, recognizing that they're often in deep pain. But it's also about honoring ourselves in this healing journey. It's also about honoring the process. So with those three things, I hope it carries you into a holiday season that is doable. I mean, we can do this, right? Maybe it will end up like a Christmas movie where everybody figures it out. I mean, it's getting to the point where this is everywhere. Don't feel like your family is the only dysfunctional family in the world. There's a great commercial on FIFA World Cup right now. It features the Lumineers song, Salt in the Sea. It's in conjunction with the Partnership to End Addiction. And it's fantastic. I love it because it's real. It shows what's happening in this world, and it's a good reminder that connection is the first step to healing addiction. I'll put a link in the show notes. So hopefully this gives you a recipe for walking into the season, walking away from fear, and walking into love. Not perfection, love. All right, with that, I'll bid you adieu. Check out my website, www.siblinghoodofrecovery.com for more information. I'm on Instagram when I can get there. And I wish you an absolutely wonderful holiday season. Be good to yourself. <music>